And hello and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. I was just telling Matt before we started, I can't believe it's Sunday again, Matt. It, this week I, went so damn quickly. It did go surprisingly quickly. I guess I don't know where it all went. I guess because we're in summer now. It's getting really hot here in Canada, which I can only assume means it's getting cold in Australia. Boy, is it ever. It is flu season here. Ooh, uh-oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, but picking up from old business from last week, uh, I have fixed my beard to make it more symmetrical. <laughs> that that bugged the shit out of me, because for people who want to peek behind the curtain and see how our show is done, I'm looking at me while I talk, and Matt's, like, up here in the corner, but I can't see him because he's recording video in his OBS, and he can't have two windows open at once. <laughs> Whereas for me, it's like the opposite. I can see both myself and you. Yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a thing, man, I tell you. So, uh, <laughs> so what have you been doing with your week, man? Uh, I, I've been catching up on comic reviews. I, uh, I managed to get around to watching that, that new Deadwood film. Oh, yeah. See, I thought that was going to theaters. I was shocked to find, I'm like, oh, it's not going to theaters. It's going right online. Yeah, it, I, I thought it was going to theaters as well, at least in the United States, but here it aired in HBO and everything. But yeah, really damn good. That's good. I, I know with Game of Thrones, there's been a lot of conversation now of like, you know, what shows had actual satisfying endings, which one were worth it. And I guess for Deadwood, you just had to wait a bit. Yeah. And it's really surprising because like at the end of season three, you had all these different things like left, left out in the open and on the table and they wrapped them all up here in this in, in like 90 minutes and it didn't feel rushed or convoluted or anything. Let me, let me ask you this, because obviously there's such a time gap in between the show ending and this movie. Do they do a time jump to explain why everyone's older? Yep, it's like a 10, 10 13 year time jump. As you would need to. Yeah, it's a big part of the story, because it's like when uh, South Dakota gets recognized as a state or something. That's right, and South Dakota had a really interesting time becoming a state, actually. They wanted to make a bunch of, uh, what is it, they wanted a bunch of extra stuff that none of the other states got. Like, their their mm -hmm. women got the vote was the big deal back then. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy to think, but yeah, that's cool. Deadwood, I swear to God, I have tried to watch Deadwood on several occasions, and I've made it to the halfway point of season one several times, and then something comes up, or I get into another show, and I never finish it. <laughs> I, I, I kind of did that with my recent rewatch. I started it ages ago, thinking, oh, I'll have any time for the movie, and then, like, stopped because I started watching... What was I watching? I was watching like Stargate and Ray Donovan and all these shows. And then I knew the show was coming out this week. And so I'm like, okay, I've only got a couple of handful of episodes left. Let's just blow through them. I'm I glad am, I did. I am acutely familiar with that first episode. And it's a great first episode. That first episode is basically a mini movie unto itself. Where it's like, you know, mm -hmm. oh, these these people got killed out in the wilds, and ooh, we think we think the savages did it, the godless savages, and they're like, no, it didn't. They were clearly killed by friggin' white people who tried to cover it up and blame it <laughs> on the indigenous people's shit. I remember one time I was watching like uh like like a like a game of Deadlands, which is basically just, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, but for the Wild West, and literally that person just did the first episode of Deadwood and no one at the table <laughs> realized it because no one had watched the show. <laughs> that's awesome i'm like yeah i know what they're doing i know what they're doing <laughs> you you couldn't do that with fantasy where it's like yep you're uh you're a bunch of halflings from a place called not the shire and uh yeah you gotta take <laughs> gotta take this necklace uh to a volcano 
<laughs> it wouldn't be a volcano. It would be like like the ocean. Got cast it into uh, ocean doom or something. Yeah. Uh, the the doom ocean. Cast it into the water. <laughs> Thanks, Gallon the Gray. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so, you know, my week pretty chill. Uh, uh, trying to take your advice there and get into the whole PC gaming thing. I got Vermintide because that was cheap. I figure that's something I can play on stream at some point. Nice. I've also just been really lazy because, again, you know, it's it's summertime now, so everything is weird. Ooh, I, uh, I was really happy because I got to finish a piece of scripted content I've been working on forever. I uh, wrote a big uh, review video essay. started as a review. It turned into a video essay on uh, Doom Patrol Season 1. I was really happy to put that up. Yeah, God, that show was so damn good. Wasn't it? Like, so damn good. In just one season, I'm like, this is one of the best seasons of comic book television ever. Like, if they ended it here, it would be top three. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it didn't go the usual route of, no. like, a superhero origin. It just, like, it's like, here are these characters. Like, and I suppose that's probably the best way to introduce them. Like, because really they're, they're a tough tough uh group to to like introduce to like general audiences oh yeah so you just like just go with it just go hard into the weird stuff they're and a, hope it works they're a very hard nut to crack i mean you know uh, uh juxtapose that with we won't spoil all of it but i'm imagining we both saw swamp thing this week too because that oh my god <laughs> that was such a good show it is a, it is a good show but boy did they go the opposite direction of yeah. doom patrol where it's like okay so you know in the first episode of doom patrol we introduced to you everyone in the doom patrol and what was going on well okay so for swamp thing swamp thing won't actually show up until the last 10 seconds and i'm glad they did that they're using that old creature method of like don't show your monster too much it, it is very very, very much an old-timey creature feature is what it is, which is fitting because that's what Len Wein originally had it be. It was like a friggin' Tales from the Crypt when it started, and to, you know, my, m to much happiness, I saw there that Len Wein is actually, like, an executive producer on this. I'm like, good, get your money, Lean. You deserve that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm interested to see, like, what the show's going to do. Like, are they going to do Elemental God Swamp Thing, or are they going to do just, like, guy who got turned into a creature so far they seem to be doing again the most original version of swamp thing which was science fiction not magic and horror but they also make a point to being like hey who's that old voodoo woman back there oh that's madam xanadu i'm like oh <laughs> so th so there might the be magic too there's also the part at the end where he gets dragged under the water and there's like all this red i'm thinking oh is that like a, a thing like referencing the red and the green and and all that sort of stuff he's be interesting to see if it is he's leaving the red being torn away by the green because he's no longer that 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 would be interesting yeah. i also like too the way they kind of trick you with it but in the best way possible they're like hey here's abby abigail arcane she's the real main character because alec holland <laughs> is now the swamp thing and swamp thing is expensive so you're only going to see him when you really <laughs> have to see him which is fine because abby in the comics was always like the second most important character and the only other real constant across all of these swamp thing stories yeah i, I i'm intrigued to see what they're going to do with the swamp thing now that he's like, like kind of a secondary character but like he has to be because of he's he's an effect and everything and whether that means they'll do like scenes where he, he's alec holland i kind of hope they don't because yeah, i'm not too fond of that alec holland guy he's he's got the he's got the the voice 
has the emotion, but the face is all dead. It's I, I get what they're doing. They want Alec Holland to be weird and quirky and Jeff Goldblumy. I get that, but I also get as a comic reader, you know, there's a reason he catches fire and is out of Swamp Thing stories in like the first five minutes, right? He's not interesting. And that and like you can't invent things about him because there's nothing to draw on because eventually Alan Moore is like Alec Holland. No, no, no. Alec Holland died instantly. Swamp Thing just thinks he's Alec Holland, but he's actually not. <laughs> That's the green in the Parliament of Trees fucking with him, actually. <laughs> and they could do that too. Again, they could totally be a thing where it's like, oh, you thought it was science fiction, but nah, it's actually magic, and you thought you were Alec Holland, but no, Alec Holland is super dead. Yeah. Which, that's interesting, too. Also, uh, Abby makes a a fun little reference there to abusive fathers in that Louisiana Mm. town. I'm like, oh, well, we know you have a very abusive father, (laughs) don't you, Abby? Yeah. Also, young Abby in the little flashback when we saw her for a second, she has her haircut from the comic. She did, she did, yeah. There was a lot of really cool stuff in this, especially the body horror stuff. Yeah, most definitely, which you can tell that's where they spent the money. That's why they had to cut this down to ten episodes, because I'm like, holy shit, that is Hollywood-quality gore and monster effects right there. Yeah, very intrigued to see if they pull this series off, now. That, especially since they cut the episodes down. You don't want to hear that, because again, it's like, imagine imagine if they stopped Doom Patrol only 10 episodes, and you would miss the great payoff that everything was building to. Hopefully, uh, yeah. hopefully they can do that. Yeah. But yeah, Swamp Thing is cool. I'm interested in it. You know, I'm, I'm here for it. It's on at the perfect time, too, because it doesn't really have any competition in the TV sphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's come on during, like, TV hiatus time, where all the other comic book shows have gone away, and I think only, like, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the only thing on. That's true. But, uh, yeah, so I guess from there, we can actually hop into the news we have this week. And, Matt, we got to talk about Abu Dhabi, Matt. I, 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 I bet you thought those were words you would never hear me say on the show. <laughs> guys, guys, we've been putting it off for too long. We need to talk about Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, uh, precisely, we need to talk about uh, – we're going to be covering a lot of theme park news this week. So, you know, just uh, don't don't worry, defunct land. Don't worry, uh, Disney food blog. We're not trying to steal your thunder just yet. But uh, so uh, – I didn't even know this was a thing. We might have mentioned this like a year back. There was talk that, uh, what is it, Abu Dhabi, they had spent like a billion dollars or something ridiculous to build a Warner Brothers theme park. Yep. And we were talking about this, and it's like, well, this is really vague, and this might not even happen, and who knows. But this week, pictures began to surface. I guess they invited Jim Lee out to see the final park now that it's running. And oh my god... The DC portion of the park is fucking insane. It, they've got a full-scale Hall of Justice. They've got a full-scale Hall of Justice, complete with statues. They've got a bunch of restaurants like, uh, what is it, Mr. Freeze's Ice Cream Parlor, Joker's Funhouse, the GCPD building, and I'm just like, this This is amazing. They, they basically created the Joel Schumacher City Streets from those movies and it's 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 a neon wonder and then i'm like this is so insane you know where where did they build this in abu dhabi and like oh they built it inside it's an indoor theme park i i'm looking i'm looking at, at it now they actually built a 
piece of Metropolis, yeah, which is where the Hall of Justice is, that looks exactly like Metropolis, and Gotham City. They surely, surely did. And this is part of a bigger, like, uh, Warner Brothers theme park. They got, like, a Looney Tunes land and, like, a Hanna-Barbera land and stuff, too, which mm-hmm. is impressive in its own right, but holy shit, Gotham City exists and it's in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're saying is you all need to what is it give to matt and my's vacation fund next year in abu dhabi <laughs> it's i think it's only going to cost me like two grand to fly there if i go tonight so <laughs> i was I, I was seriously looking to about that i'm like okay so what do i need to know about traveling to abu dhabi and they're like well it's it's one of the chiller more laid-back parts of the persian gulf and the united arab amnities uh, but also you know if, if you're Jewish and gay, maybe don't tell people about that, because even, even though they're ahead of the curve on social issues when compared to everyone else, they're, they're still not great. But, you know, if you're, if you're a woman, you don't have to wear a headscarf, but you should probably wear a headscarf. And you can drink there, but, but you also probably shouldn't drink there. <laughs> they have a whole theme park de- devoted to the Ferrari car. Wow. <laughs> But I'm just like, that's really impressive. And of course, because, you know, I do this because I'm an internet detective. I followed this down the rabbit hole. I'm like, what what, what other things has Abu Dhabi spent money on to license? And I found something absolutely insane. And this might just be old news. Have you heard have you heard of a restaurant app chain, Matt, called Garfield Eats? No, but I, I have a, I have an inkling of what it is. So some guy named Nathan Mraz... Uh, what is it, got uh, Jim Davis, the creator of Garfield, perhaps at gunpoint, I am not sure, to sign over the licensing rights to Garfield to create a mobile pizza delivery service to send you uh, little pizzas shaped like Garfield. (laughs) What the hell? I know, and I'm like, but shouldn't it be lasagnas, though? Because Garfield is lasagna, not pizza. Only to look at the website, which, again, is in English, because, of course, it's very bad English, but it's in English. And uh, you can get lasagnas and Garfuccinos, but the only problem is is that uh, the lasagna is just shaped like a regular lasagna. So I'm like, what the (laughs) fuck are you even doing? It's just a lasagna with, like, and the packaging has, like, a Garfield sticker slapped over, like... Like, the actual brand. <laughs> That's basically it. I continued to follow this. Apparently, uh, Asterios Kokonos, who, you know, is a comedian who you may have heard of there. He was involved in the big lull suit, if you follow that around. But he, he apparently has been doing hard-hitting comedy journalism about this place, trying to get this Nathan Mraz guy to sit down for an interview. And boy, was I shocked to discover he's a dual citizen with Canada. Oh, wow. (laughs) And he just recently opened a brand new Garfield Eats restaurant in Toronto. Oh, I think you you need to go do a video on that. (laughs) Next time I'm in there, I think we need to go to Garfield Eats. And again, to listen to this man talk... He's clearly insane, is what he is. He is. He's Bill, he's Billy, uh, Billy McFarlane from Fighter Festival. He's just this, you know, con man with an inflated self ego. He's like, well, I cannot be defeated. I, I am bulletproof. I got Jim Davis to give me the rights to Garfield for this stupid, stupid idea. Hey, maybe he had one of these investors go suck uh, his dick. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> to, to release the rights. Who knows? <laughs> and again, all I could think too is that, uh, what is it, that comedy sketch there for I Think I Should Leave Now, where it's like, I bought Jim Davis's house. <laughs> and I'm like, is he that guy? Is he that guy? <laughs> Who just lives in Jim Davis's house? I don't know. <laughs> 
but yes, this this story was wonderfully insane, and I had to talk about it. And I just love that there's a weird ass Canadian connection to this. <laughs> but goddamn, Garfield eats everybody. Uh, also, apparently, too, the meme uh, like it's already been like a meme, and it's the the hashtag has already been co opted on Twitter. So if you search like hashtag Garfield eats, all you'll get is stuff where it's like, oh help, hashtag Garfield eats my ass. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, help hashtag Garfield eats me out question mark. <laughs> so you know, that's fun. That was fun to research for a little bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, that that's great. As you said before, like when you were like researching or like the Abu Dhabi Park, I was doing that with something we're going to talk about a little later on in the show. Yes, again, this you're getting so much uh, theme park talk this week, everyone. Don't you worry, it's it's a coming. <laughs> but uh, next, we have another piece of news. Uh, DC announced a brand new series, uh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity by Kim Garcia. This is going to be the newest book they've announced for Black Label. And I know, Matt, you you, you, you had some words for this one on Twitter. Do do tell everyone what you told Twitter. <laughs> I kind of went on a bit of a rant. You did. So, so far, so, so far, like, Black Label, after its rocky, rocky, rocky start, has just become a, a place for people to obviously pitch whatever batman story they have and they'll just green light it it's true it's just all batman stuff it yeah i mean you're not wrong and in fairness that's kind of what the elseworlds brand became too because apparently if you give yeah. people the ability to tell stories without the constraint of continuity it, everyone just wants to tell batman stories apparently or they're, yeah. they're only green lighting batman and batman related stories because they think those are the only ones that'll make money yeah yeah uh it's it's really frustrating, especially because like you got a brand called DC Black Label, which you've touted out as like the edgy, yep. uh, more more adult stuff. You shotgun that in the legs by 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 censoring Batman's dick in the first book ever to come out on this Black Label thing, and then you start giving them more Bat Batman stuff. But like, give like weird character, give a Swamp Thing a Black Label. It's Sergeant Rock. Jonah Metamorpho or, or Jonah Hex, all these like weird characters that you're not doing anything with. Give them like a like a one shot or, or just like three book arc or something. It'd be nice, but no. Apparently, uh, Black Label has devolved into just another Batman imprint. <laughs> yeah, it's just another Batman. We've got we've got that Frank Miller Superman book coming out, oh, c coming out, quote unquote. Um, when it's ready, whether yeah, yeah, whether whether it actually does happen. That Wonder Woman one that was meant to... Oh, yeah. I don't... Is that even happening anymore? They haven't talked but, about it. Yeah. Was there anything else that got announced when Black Label was announced? I don't think there was, was there? There was one. It was like a history encyclopedia of the yeah. DC universe. And again, they stopped talking about that one, too. I think that one got, like, quietly cancelled. That's a shame, because I liked that idea. But yeah, that's... That's unfortunate. As far as this Joker Harley series go, it's this this sounds like a TV pitch a little bit, and that's not a bad thing. It's like okay, imagine a universe where Harley Quinn isn't a psychiatrist; she's like a, a, a criminal anthropologist who works with the police to catch serial killers. And what if the Joker wasn't so much the Joker we know, but what if he was closer to Ted Bundy? You know, what if he was just like a serial killer who was also charming? Which I'm like, you know what? That I would say that's a stupid idea, but this is hitting at a weird time where like a bunch of women are falling in love with Ted Bundy because he's so charming in those Ted Bundy documentaries. So I'm like, you know what? All right, you can comment on that. Sure, why not? 
See, the problem I have is there's only so much you can do with Joker and Harley Quinn that until it becomes basically the same story yeah. over and over again. And that, that changing the settings fine and everything, but it's going to be the same story. It is. You know what actually like, did but, the, Or no, go ahead. I was going to say, they should change it up by like doing something like, okay, well, maybe we know the relationship between Harley and Joker is where Harley is like abused by Joker. But what if it was the other way around? Like you beat me to it. I and, was going to say, what about, uh, and Harley was using Joker like kind of uh, like white Knight. white Knight or telltale Batman season two, which I think was actually yeah. one of the best twists they've ever done on that relationship. Yeah. That would be interesting and change up the dynamic, but they won't do that for some reason. No, but yeah, that's, that's the story, everyone. There's there's another Black Label book for you. It's it's not dead yet. Yeah, expect more Batman books to be announced at San Diego Comic Con. I'm sure it's 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 no Age of Heroes just yet, and it's no Young Animal. Which let's face it, they they only dug Young Animal up again when it's like, what the Doom Patrol show is popular. Well, well, Greenlight a new Doom Patrol book. What do you mean we already had one and we let it lapse? By the way, so, oh well, shit, <laughs> dig it up again. Did did it lapse or did it just get like? The book will come out when it's, we don't know, it's done, but it, we don't know when it's coming out. Here's the thing. If anyone but celebrity in other things that aren't comics, Gerard Way was writing it, they would have just canceled it. But they didn't want to piss him yeah. off, so they're like, oh no, it's it's just slumbering is what it is. He can, he can come back whenever. <laughs> but they canceled everything else in the line because it was all just Gerard Way anyway. So it's it's a book attached to a line that really has nothing else in it. Yeah which I don't even know why they bother publishing it under Young Animal. They should, they should just consolidate it all together is what they should do. Yeah. And they should just call it DC Imprint. What imprint? The imprint. <laughs> yeah, nondescript imprint one. Nondescript imprint one is what they should do for all these things we try to. I mean, shit, credit where credit is due for Marvel. They did the ultimate, and then they were done. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah they don't actually have like a... They did do, like, miniseries of, like, Marvel Knights and stuff, but it, it's only ever just been miniseries. Yep. They keep threatening they're going to bring back Malibu or one of those other things that they own to be its own imprint, but they never do. No, they're not going to do that. No, I doubt it. Uh, but, yeah, so that's your Black Label news, everyone. Uh, next up, we have some cartoon news. I get the feeling this doesn't affect me or Matt at all, but I wanted to mention it anyway just because I figured it would be a good launch pad for another conversation. Uh, apparently, Marvel Out of the Blue ordered a third season of that Marvel Spider-Man show, even though it seemed like that show wasn't coming back. Yeah, whatever. I know. It's not a very good-looking show. But the interesting thing is that the third season is going to be called Maximum Venom, because we got to oh, wonder why I, w I wonder why again hey let's dig up this thing we let die because we can slap venom on it <laughs> uh, i don't really care for any of those marvel uh animated shows because it, it so seems funny. like that or no it seems like they're going quantity over quality yeah, like right. like like because i because like there's like like 40 episodes a season and they do like three seasons a year and everything and like that's not good quality no they, there is just a factory that's churning them out and again it's like yeah it's like you could be writing for all audiences but you're not that's weird no. you're going for just like the youngest of youngest kids that's so strange that that's how you choose to run it because i remember at your height you know wolverine and the x-men uh spectacular spider-man those shows were great because they wrote for all audiences and all types of fans even you know avengers or mightiest heroes you just it's weird you don't want to do it like that anymore yeah as mightiest heroes was like 
amazing. It's arguably it was so good. It's the best Avenger show. Like you're, it's kind will not come again, and it's weird <laughs> that it won't. Yeah, it, it's so strange what they're doing with these shows, and and it's weird because they like they're jumping like with this Venom uh, Carnage maximum carnage venom whatever it is they're jumping on like trends like that like they had like like with that avengers show they had like some black panther arc just before black panther yeah. came out then captain marvel and then infinity war and all the it's so strange they, they seem to exist for no creative reason they seem to exist only for branding and merchandising reasons yeah pushing product which that sucks because it's like man kids deserve better and i like to think kids are smart and even they know when they're being marketed to yeah yeah well, that, that, that's like most most shows these days most animated shows these days are like sell product because movie come soon or something that's true i mean obviously there's like you know some really good ones in there i of course you know uh carry the flag of steven universe and craig of the creek and all this other stuff it's like no these is these are actually made by creative people who want to tell a story with characters and everything <laughs> it's just that they're 11 minutes apparently if you want yeah. to tell good stories now you have to do it in 11 minutes <laughs> yeah that, that that's really kind of sad as well because yeah like an hour back in our day you know back in 1962 <laughs> we had the the the, the the comic the cartoon shows run for 30 minutes although you know it's funny when i stop and think about it i'm like it's like i gotta tell a story in 11 minutes i'm like well a lot of the cartoon network shows were actually all broken up into short segments they were all put together in 30 minutes but they were (laughs) all short segments like animaniacs didn't run for 30 minutes they ran for a number of short segments But also, to be fair, there was also kind of some through line with them that, as well. Like, like laughing, like the great variety shows of its day. But, you know, now we're yeah. now we're waxing poetic. Uh, speaking of Avengers, I didn't put this on the list, but I sh- really should have. Uh, apparently, we got some news about that Square Enix Avengers game now. Yeah, that's going to be announced on the 10th. So the day we do like the day we do this next week, I oh, think. Right on. Uh, actually, oh, I, c- I can announce it now, too. Uh, next week, we'll have a guest for the latter part of the show. I won't tell you who it is, but just get get excited. In fact, I do think he might be the biggest get we've gotten for the show yet. We were actually just reading his IMDb page. We're like, holy shit, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty damn good guest. But yeah, get ready for that, everybody. But uh, yeah, so that Avengers game, we don't know really what it's about or even what kind of game it is, but we know it's Square Enix and a lot of people are like, ooh, is this part of the shared universe with the Spider-Man game? Maybe, I don't know. Well, apparently the the guy in charge of like the Marvel Entertainment game said it will be. Whether that actually turns out to be true, though. I mean, like, they, they could do it in even just the smallest way to be, like, just, j- just like, get us here, like, a news program in the background or a paper clipping or something being like, oh, what's happening in New York? Oh, Silver Sable in martial law. Oh, we should do something about that. Don't you think, Iron Man? I agree, <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> yeah, well, in that Spider-Man game, we had, like, uh, references to Tony Stark and Captain America. We had the Avengers Tower. We did. And all that sort of stuff. So yeah, I'd be interested. I, there was like a little, um, like a little blurb for the for the panel going around, and it kind of gave more more depth. And it it, it seemed to imply that you might be making your own character, maybe, Ooh, or like like or like interacting with people like Captain America and Hulk and all that sort of stuff. Can I make a really edgy '90s character? Can I make Blood Gut the Destroyer? <laughs> 
he's just got a dozen pouches and spikes in places he shouldn't have them. <laughs> yeah, these muscles are ridiculously huge. Speaking of character creator, uh, Code Vein, basically anime souls. That game was not at all on my radar. Then I saw pe people uh, screwing around with the character creator. And I'm like, all right, that's a really good character creator. I'm interested now. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can make all your pretty anime Bishojin boys and cat people, and you can do everything else. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty slick, honestly. <laughs> I wasn't interested. Now I'm interested. <laughs> Just like I wasn't interested in that Final Fantasy XIV RPG, and then I found out they uh, released a new class that's literally just all based around the gunblade. And I'm like, all right, that's the kind of anime trash I enjoy. All right, let's. I, I, I can have what? I can have 30 days free before you make me start paying? <laughs> okay, I have 30 days with the gunblade. Is, is the gunblade DLC? Do I have to pay extra for the gunblade? <laughs> also, I could be one of the weird cat men from 10. All right. <laughs> That's fine by me. Or one of the bunny ladies from the uh, future ones. All right. All right. All right, Final Fantasy fourteen. I see you. I see you. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that's that news. I'm, I'm really interested what kind of game it's going to be. Do you get to pick your Avenger and go in and out? Do you make your own character, like you said? Wouldn't it be hilarious, because it's uh, Square Enix, uh, uh, an Avengers turn-based RPG? Hey, I'd be cool with that. I don't think... I, I think they would greatly... Uh, like, it wouldn't excite as many people, but it would definitely excite us and the people watching the show. Imagine Avengers by way of Persona. Yes, yes. Oh, you got to get your social links up with Captain America so we can say <laughs> Avengers Assemble. Oh, 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 wait, everyone. This this enemy is weak to Vibranium. Quick, hit it with Vibranium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. We, we'll blend these two characters together to create a new monster. <laughs> Love it. You get big boss fights with, like, you know, Graviton and everything. It's like, oh, he keeps buffing his skills. Quick, buff him down, Black Widow. Buff him down. <laughs> quick, quick, guard everyone, or else this is going to be a one-hit kill. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued to see what kind of game it is, especially since it's been in cooking for very long. There's been rumors that it's going to be something like Destiny-based, mm -hmm. like like that type of like gameplay. Like a games-as-service, always online. I think so, or like, more like raids and stuff. And okay, that's things like that. that could be interesting. I, I'd be, I'm intrigued to find out what it's going to be. I mean, we're going to be playing it regardless. I, I, I wonder yeah. if I, they're making it sound like there's going to be a multiplayer feature so we can play together, I'm sure. Single player and multiplayer. Okay. Tell you what, if they got a good single player, but one time instead of an episode, we'll just upload you and me playing and that'll be the episode. <laughs> This this will be fun, but uh, yeah, more, more news on that as it breaks, and we'll talk about that as it gets closer. Yeah, well, next week's E three, so is it really? Holy shit! Yeah, end end of next week, so not next week's show, the week after. I imagine we'll be talking about all these games. I, I guess E three isn't having nearly as big a news uh, push this year as in years past because a bunch of people just straight up aren't showing up this year. Yeah, like Sony and all that. I think Sony's doing like their own thing. Which, I mean, can you really call it an E3 if everyone isn't there? Yeah. But what do you want from E3? Show me show me more Fallen Order. I want more Jedis. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the rumors starting, hopefully, in the next couple of days that there's there'll be a new Superman game announced. Like, we, we've gotten at, you know, every other E3 for the last decade. This, this is the year. I can feel it. It's a Superman yeah. game. Every, 
every year, like the week before, everyone's like, "Oh, I heard Rocksteady's going to announce that Superman game." Here's 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 a here's a blurry picture I made that that's totally real, guys. Wait, wait to be shocked and amazed when it's like Rocksteady's new game, Brightburn. Really? <laughs> I mean, okay, I guess. <laughs> I guess I guess I'll play the Brightburn game. What is Rocksteady working on? Because it feels like they've done nothing in between Batman games. There's rumors that it's like a Batman prequel game, or like some a Justice League game, a Superman game. It's like all these different things. I'm like, ah, not really too. Just leave the Arkham universe alone for a little bit. I think you've tapped it up. Although honestly, I kind of like the idea of Arkham Year One, where it's like you just run around as Batman in the streets, getting stabbed by prostitutes. <laughs> See, that would be really cool if they did like big open world where. You, 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 you're like Batman before he starts getting the costume, and as you go through the game, you get the costume yeah, and everything yeah. until it, until at the end, and then mission is you fighting the Red Hood gang at Ace Chemicals. That would be really fun. Yeah, that would be really good. You fight the Red Hood gang. It's it's all just gangs. You fight uh, Falcone and Maroney and everything else, and you're you, you're basically just uh, matches Malone. There, you got fake mustaches and hats, and you got a stealth <laughs> around, and you don't have any of the gear. So like they make the fighting really uh, visceral and everything yeah that's that's too too good of a concept no too it, good of a concept. it is and then it's not a superhero game because like what do you mean he can't hack yeah what do you mean he doesn't have the car yet or anything else it's batman year one <laughs> <laughs> He's, he can only do what bruce wayne can do <laughs> uh but uh yeah so from there we move on to our other big piece of news and i guess this is the biggest piece of news uh uh, Galaxy's Edge opened up in Disney this week, and I am so fucking jealous because so many people I follow on Twitter got to go there, and they and they videoed their good time and their lightsabers and their droids and their porgs and their hula hoops and their bags of popcorn and fuck them. I wish I yes, <laughs> yes. I've been I've been I've been following all these people who are visiting it, watching all the videos of the Smuggler's Run ride, the, the lightsaber creation, the 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 Doc Honda's shop and everything. Oh, it's so cool. The fact that everyone there is so super into character that if you ask, hey, where's the lightsaber place? They'll be like, oh, you know, I, I, I've heard rumors, but the but, but, but the first order is, you know, is cracking down. So you have to say to them in code, I'm looking for scrap. And then they'll point you there. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just so cool. You, so, the, the amount of work that went into this, oh, and it's, it looks like it's all paid off. Yeah, it does. They, they don't have bathrooms. They have refreshers. You have yes, to ask freshers. for refreshers. And I'm like, oh, oh, God, just rub it all over me, this nerdy shit. The, the, the thing that I found interesting, which is something I was going to do when I eventually go there in 20 years or so, um, was, uh, and people are starting to do this now, is they're, they're getting like phone cases and they're kit bashing them to make them look like data pads. Ooh. So they're like buying like model kits and just like gluing parts on there and they look so cool. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, uh, again, I'm a big fan of the Disney food blog, and it's funny, they, they had like a whole 30-minute video talking about it, and only at the end did they talk about the food, and they're like, uh, yeah, the food's not great yet, because they don't really know what food in the Star Wars universe should taste like, so they're still figuring that out. That's the one thing I've seen across everyone I've seen go there, they're like, yeah, the food's, eh. It'll probably get better. You, you can get like this kind of like Korean mashup where it's like, oh yeah, it's like it's like tauntaun meat, 
but it's like in a salad with noodles and everything. It's like, isn't this kind of like what they serve at the Avatar land? Yeah, kind of, but different. <laughs> also, you can go to the cantina, which is, of course, full of alien cocktails, and you can get it in a pork cup, and you can get it in a friggin', what is it, in a yub-yub cup and everything. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Yeah, you can build your own droid. You can build your own droid, which is very expensive. I think it's like 200 bucks American for the lightsaber. The yeah, the lightsaber, I think you can get, like, just a normal one, but then you can get, like, the premium one, which is, like, a, um, like a, like a proper metal handle and everything. It looks so fucking cool. I, I know one of the other complaints I heard from people, it's like, okay, so it's a great park, and they're going to have a hotel coming soon, and they're going to have more rides, and they're probably going to fix food, but as it stands right now, it feels just like the greatest merch store you've ever visited. <laughs> I'm I'm cool with that. I'm fine. I'm, with I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> there's there's a place. Uh, what is it? It's a toy store, but they make it look like a pet shop where you can get yeah. Like again, you can get your porg, you can get your loth cat, and they give it to you like in a little uh, cardboard cage to be like, oh, you just adopted a pet. They also have a clothing shop that sells Jedi and Sith robes, and I'm like, oh God, help me! I would buy one. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so so much cool stuff. My my favorite thing is um, they is just like the little details. Like uh, people have found out that like you can buy like the Sith and Jedi holocrons, and then like these lightsaber crystals. And people have found out that you can put the lightsaber crystals in the holocron, and you'll get like like a different. You'll get like Mace Windu or Darth Vader or something. But what was really cool is you can actually put the holocrons together, and they'll interact with each other. Oh shit. And, and, and the Bendu will start talking and everything. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I, I thought the coolest thing is that when you go on Smuggler's Run, uh, you got a robot Hondo Onaka talking to you there. I, I, a scarily realistic robot Hondo Onaka. They made him real, and I'm just like, why Why did they pick Hondo for Smuggler's Run? Oh, because Jim Cummings, and Jim Cummings is big in the Disney family, so it's probably really easy to get him to redo and, his part. And and they've written into the canon that for like a brief moment he owned the Falcon. That's fun because literally a bunch it's changed hands a bunch of times. Yeah. Goddamn friggin' Galaxy's Edge is so goddamn cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it got me like as you were saying before researching. I was like researching like how much are tickets and I'm like oh that a lot relative or well, they're actually relatively cheap like considering what I would get out of it. That's true, and again, I, it's probably a much bigger trip for you to Orlando than me to Orlando. Yeah, and again, I, I'm heading into my con season now because obviously I got one in uh july i got one next month at the beginning and i got one in october and i've saved up a pretty decent next egg and uh thank you fans who have donated to get me a camera person for the july thing and i was just sitting there looking at my nest egg and i'm like all right so i'm booked on these two cons which means i have to be a business adult and honor my meetings and everything there that i said i would or I could take this money and go to Disneyland. <laughs> I'm like, what a fucking asshole I would be if I did that. Yeah, sorry, I got to cancel. No, sorry, I can't do that panel. I know I agreed. Yeah, sorry, no, I can't do the thing. Why? Star Wars. Yeah, Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> I, I, I had to Star Wars. I had to go to Star Wars. Because <laughs> that's really what they're selling here. It's like, look, but guys, you can you can come to Star Wars. You know the movie you like? You can come and be in the movie you like. <laughs> Yeah, well, what's really cool about it as well is, like, most people have pointed out that, like, 
they they thought that like because it's a park in Disneyland, you'd see you'd like look up and see like oh there's the Disney Castle like kind of takes you out of the immersion. They built the park in such a way that you can't actually see it; you just see the sky. That's crazy. That's freaking awesome that they've done that. Also, too, when you leave the park, they're like, oh, you're going off world now. <laughs> That's the thing. Because uh, the park, it's, it's in another world is what it is. Also, apparently, as it stands right now, because it's the hottest park, they've had to institute this thing. You can only be there for four hours. Oh, really? Yes, you can only... That's how, like, overpacked they are for people who want to come in. So as it stands right now, until they build the hotel, and until it just becomes another park, you can only be there for four hours. How how would they regulate that? Because you I could, like, know. get in the park and just, like, it's like, oh, my four hours are up, I better leave. Or I could just go stand in line for the Millennium Falcon ride another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, do they put a little wristband on you when it starts beeping, beep, 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 then the first uh, order agents come and kick you out? <laughs> you got to get out before it explodes. They implant, like, a bomb in your neck. Man, they spared no expense. <laughs> they send bounty hunters after you. Dengar comes and drags you out. That would be so cool, that their security. Uh, again, you, you, you want that? Okay, security guards dress up like bounty hunters. <laughs> you just put a bunch of Mandalorian helmets on them. It's time for you to leave. The, the one thing I... Uh... I, I dislike about it, but like I understand why they did it. They don't allow adults to dress up. Kids can, yep. but adults can't. That makes sense. And I, I understand why they did that, but at the same time, like, oh. I want to dress oh. up. You, you sell robes in the shop. You can't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, here's the thing, Matt. What we got to do, and I know people do this in Disneyland anyway, because that's a rule across the board. You can't come dressed up like a Disney character if you're an adult, but they found ways around it. It's like, look, I'm just wearing a white linen shirt and a what is it a brown vest it just kind of looks like han solo yeah go as like the ripoff characters the turkish star wars characters exactly see you gotta be creative but you can do it i'm waiting for that one person to go dressed up as like captain kirk or something (laughs) just getting beaten up yeah Yeah. oh that's what i like Oh, man, did you see this? I'm sure you did because it's been making the rounds because we can't have any nice things and because people always have to hijack fun stuff for their own bullshit. Apparently, a bunch of, uh, what is it, anti-vaxxers dressed up as Star Wars characters and hung out with a bunch of signs. I saw that literally just as we were starting the show. And I'm like, what a confusing protest. (laughs) Who who are you trying to reach with this? like I like I know you don't care about Star Wars and you're just looking for something that has the most eyes on it to try and you know like promote your bullshit it happens at San Diego Comic Con too it happens in everything where it's like oh I want people to see my stupid sign so you go to where there's lots of people but the fact that you dressed up as Star Wars characters to spread your anti-vax message I'm like what well, my my favorite one was the, the 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 there was like a bunch of people who there were the pe- the people who who are angry at Disney for uh, ruining Star Wars. Uh, so 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 they paid thousands of dollars to get into this park to stand in front of the Millennium Falcon with a shirt that says Luke deserved better. <laughs> sure showed them sure showed them and again somewhere like up in the high rise there uh what is it bob augers like i got your fucking money already (laughs) yeah he's wiping the tears away with the with the the hundred dollar bill oh i'm so sorry oh i'm so sorry now buy a porg (laughs) and you know they are gonna buy a porg too because porgs are adorable and you can't not buy one (laughs) 
but yeah, uh, again, I would love to go to the park again. Maybe, maybe when they open the hotel, I'll think about it. Maybe I can save some money. But yeah, I definitely want to check out Galaxy. Well, there's two. There's two Galaxy's Edge open. There's one in Orlando and one in uh, was it California? Right, because there's the Disneyland, so, Disney World. So that might might spread it out a little bit more. That'd be nice too. And you know, and they're gonna have different shit, I'm sure. But obviously, the uh, the LA one is gonna be more expensive than the Orlando one because you're in LA. <laughs> Yeah, and I think the LA one has the actual an actual storyline through it. Like, there's actual like there, there's a woman character who's like a rebel spy, and she they they have vignettes that play around the the the, the park at certain times. I love that. I love that they're I, making it interactive. Yeah. God, I have such a nerd boner over Star Wars lands. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> Oh, also, too, hey, if you're a fan of the show and you're out there listening and you have any connections either in the L.A. park or in the Orlando park, or even if you're just a pass holder, then Matt and I can, what is it, can piggyback on. I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I, I am not above crashing a fan's family vacation. All right, everybody. I show up in a tropical Hawaiian shirt with a six-pack. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you wouldn't be allowed alcohol in there, so you've got to, like, smoke. you got, like, the wine and the Diet Coke yeah. goat you, thing. You say that. Uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge is the first park in Disney. I forget if it's land or world that actually lets you drink booze because you can drink booze in the cantina. Yeah, but you can't take it out. But you can't take it with you. Ha. Ah. <laughs> Just me and my, what is it, my like tank top, tropical shirt. I, I'm that uncle who ruins every family vacation. <laughs> yeah, when we turned around, he was fighting with the dude dressed as Gaston. It was the worst. <laughs> What'd you say about my mother? <laughs> she is a saint, you jerk. <laughs> uh, but all right, we can we can get off this topic, even though I swear Matt and I could talk about this all day. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure we could. And ways to make it better and cooler. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so we actually did read a fair amount of books this week. It's funny. I feel responsible for this. Last week, I'm like, oh, there's, you know, so few books to read. I might actually catch up on stuff. And then this week, it's like, here's a dozen more. Here's a dozen more, many of which are really big issues. (laughs) It's absolutely true. So where, where would we like to start this week, Matt? Let's start our week off good with Heroes in Crisis issue nine. It's it's over, Matt. The night the, the national nightmare is over. We can breathe again. <laughs> we still have Batman though. We do, but not for much longer. No, no. My God, what? Oh, oh, oh shit! I guess that's news too. We didn't write down here. Uh, the big reason now we know for a fact that Tom King is leaving Batman early is because he's co-writing the new Gods movie. Yeah, it, perfect timing there, guys. I'm I'm not going to say he's failing upwards in Hollywood, but you know. Yeah, and what does that make you think of his work on Batman if he's just going to leave it, just to go write a movie? I guess that hundred issues wasn't as important to you as we all seem to think it was. Mm-hmm. And again, too, I bet if it takes off, here's the thing, like, Tom King is a writer, I bet this is what he always wanted, is the thing, which, good on him, he gamed the system and is living his dream, but we're not here to talk about him as a person, we're here to talk about his work, and we're here to talk about Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, so, this ended on probably the worst Deus Ex Machina bullshit I have ever seen. 
man, you know, for a comic... Holy that, crap. For a comic <laughs> that continually touted itself as the most mature, complex, and layered look <laughs> at mental illness in America through the lens of superheroes, boy, did they ever end on some after-school special moralizing bullshit. Hey, hey, Wally, you just gotta believe in yourself and your friends and you just gotta talk it out, man. Booster, people are dead. People are literally dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay we got clones <laughs> heroes before bros and yeah and also i can clone people from the future and could do it whenever i wanted yeah yeah just somehow came up yeah don't don't ask about the implications of that of cloning being real and something booster Gold <laughs> can just do yeah, now there's a real story yeah what does booster get up to with those clones <laughs> something to do with his birthday party apparently uh, apparently so yeah but uh which uh, again i love to this all starts off with wally seconds away from killing his time double because it's a tom king story and they all end up being about suicide eventually yeah before eventually the motley crew of supporting characters i, I love the trinity had nothing to do with this the trinity was all oh, no. over this in the beginning and then they have nothing to do with the finale no yeah they're, they're seeing barely seen in this issue as well even though they started sanctuary and you think they would have an invested interest in dealing with what happened there now nah, we'll they, leave it for they, that girl they started sanctuary batman was investigating it with wall uh, with flash which is ne that story is never mentioned nope, um never once S superman was apparently dealing with the the huge you know, uh, breaking story of this being outed in the world because somehow people think heroes getting PTSD is like a world shattering event. Even though it never was treated as such and it was something one no. speech could do away with. But yeah, I, I love to in the end where Wally's like, hey, you don't have to be alone. You got your friends, your best friends, Booster and Barbara and Harley and Bluebe. I'm like, he barely knows these people. He barely interacts with them outside yeah. this book. And now they're best friends. All these people should have been the Titans. Yes, absolutely. If you made them Dick the Titans. and... and garfield and and victor and all these donna troy all these people that are actually back in the comics yeah it should have been a titans event oh sorry we canceled their book well can it be nightwing no we shot him in the head and he doesn't remember who he is anymore so i guess you get this motley crew of scooby gang members all, see see these are all characters that tom king has written before so th th this isn't this isn't like Dan DiDio saying that this is Tom King. This is this is the people he wanted to do it with, because he's written them before, written them very terribly. But yeah, he's written them before. Also, we we finish off the Poison Ivy storyline where it's like, oh yeah, she died but came back, and how was that possible? The Green did it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just just this just flower, and then Speed Force something this this story that was barely a story eh, the green did it which that made me mad too because i'm like wait but scott snyder retconned it to being that she wasn't part of the green that she was just a good scientist again then i'm like oh fuck but then tom king retconned it back in his stupid uh poison ivy takes over the world story because she was upset about things yeah yeah and in the end, it's like, nothing really matters, nothing really changes. Wally goes to jail is the biggest thing, as he should have. I'm glad they didn't wash his hands of it. It's just like, no, you have to go to jail now. I like that This that basically confirms that, that this story was rewritten, because we had got that leaked story where it was revealed that, like, Reverse Flash had, had a hand in this, which would have been better, but because a bunch of people on the internet found out about it, they decided to rewrite it. For the better, I think. You reckon? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it would have been slightly better if it was Reverse Flash, because at least you get to pawn it off on a villain. But the fact, too, that this comic fails in what it tried to set out to do and what even it tried to say. And not even that, like, this is the big thing that, like, we kept getting told about Sanctuary and everything, and we never really, we never got any of the inner workings of Sanctuary. Like, we never fully explained it all. And then at the end of this issue, it's just back up and running. That, you know, this thing that, that ran, that turned a, a hero insane, that was, you know? That was madness that Sanctuary gets to stay open and that it gets new new people coming through its doors. I'm like, guys, this place is a hellhole and a death trap. You might as well take your chances at Arkham Asylum. Less people have died at Arkham Asylum. No heroes have died at Arkham Asylum, as far as I know. <laughs> And see that, that that's something they they could have run with. They could have again bringing it back to the Trinity. They set this up and then to help people. And then this goes it goes horribly wrong. And then they realize that like the thing that defeated them was their own hubris. like them their own hubris, own thinking they know what's better and everything and causes them to shut it down. But no. Uh, don't even get to see them anymore. I I strongly assume no other writer will be writing about Sanctuary in the near future. I, I imagine all all references to it would just go away. I, I think a lot of this story has become persona non grata. Let us not talk about this. <laughs> It'll be funny because at the end there we see Batgirl go there. It won't be referenced in her book, I imagine. No, or an event Leviathan where she is also apparently no. a character. Yeah, no, none of that. It won't be referenced at all. Just what a what a disappointment. What a comic that just fails. Fails Wally, fails continuity, fails talking about mental illness, which is a very important mm -hmm. issue, but one that Tom King, I do not think, was cut out to talk about it. As big a game as he talks, and because all of his comics end up being about the same thing, that is, I had depression one time but got over it. That's the thing, like... like he's talking about his his version of of depression which all his stories end up being about like his own version it's never as like what do other people feel like how what a like because depression is is varied and all oh, yeah. it comes in all different shapes and forms and everything it's not just what tom king's is yeah you can't paint it all with the same brush and also too Tom King repeatedly seems to mistake depression with mental illness and just thinks they're completely interchangeable all the time. To where it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, depression can be debilitating and everything, but, you know, there's people who have just, like, thyroid problems, people who are, like, schizophrenic, people who just have, you know, yeah. chemical imbalances and everything. It's not, it's not all one grand unifying thing that he seems to think it is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very strange. This, very strange. This issue, despite this whole series being like dark and morose and everything, this last issue is filled with jokes for some reason. Like again, I mentioned the bros before heroes, but also just like little one-off things, like Hal Jordan being like, "I don't even know what Will is. How could he schmackety do?" <laughs> Those little like boxes were so like. Someone pointed this out to me, and I've got to agree with it. It's like Tom King like needed to fill these boxes in with characters, so he got a bunch of characters and then just like Wikipedia'd them on like DC database and like read the first like like paragraph and be like, oh okay, then all right. There's a like the Hal Jordan one really pissed me off because like this is the character who's who, who's very intimate with his will. Like he used his own will to craft 
his own Green Lantern ring. I know. Like, this guy knows what Will is. He's currently, like, yeah. trapped inside a, a, a Will-based ring yep. going on adventures. Like, he knows what it is. Then then you got, like, a Firestorm. He's like, oh, my head's always on fire. What's up with that? I'm like, that's amazing that he's a punchline in this Tom King book. Meanwhile, Jeff Johns gives him a whole story to himself in Doomsday Clock. Yeah, yeah, an amazing story, and yeah, yeah, and just characters like that, and the stuff with like the the um the Robins and stuff in those panels, where it's like they're describing themselves and the other Robins, and it's like, no, no. What were the other two that really got to me? Oh, the self-referential Red Tornado one, where it's like, I'm thinking about building a robot family. Ha ha ha, get it? He's referencing Vision, which is the thing Tom King wrote. That's funny. Until you remember Red Tornado actually has a robot family already, and he was human, and he had a daughter too. Oh wait, that joke doesn't track at all now. You were just being self-referential and didn't even bother to check and see if that joke tracked. Tom King didn't write that stuff, though, Joel, so it's not canon. So it, it never happened. Th then you get one with Black Lightning, where it kind of gave me like, huh, yeah, that's true. Whereas, like, you know, they, they think I'm like them, but, you know, they, they treat me like I'm not. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because, you know, he's one of the few black superheroes. And then I'm like, wait, why, why is he talking about this in, like, the mental health thing? Does Tom King think racism in America is also, <laughs> like, a mental illness? I mean... It, I mean, I, sometimes it feels like racist people are mental, but it just seems weird that that's what Black Lightning chooses to talk about here. It, it, it seems like 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 Sanctuary's like purpose changes every issue, like like because it's set up as like a place where heroes go to deal with the the problems the job presents them, mm -hmm. like the, the 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 mental problems that the job presents them of being a hero. But then it changes to like, oh, you can just go here just to like vent. For about it. it's you know what it is it, it's a reality show it's it's the camera scenes in a reality yeah. show where the heroes are it's like big brother it's big brother i didn't come here to make friends i came here to eat brunch <laughs> that's what i would have liked in this story if characters were just eating brunch uh, it would make for a better story it would be but it's over and you know hey if you want to see wally again i'm sure you'll find him in that brian azarella suicide squad book when that happens yeah, yeah, and also when we when we talk about it, but this book was apparently meant to tie in with another book that came out this week. Since that's why they they postponed it to tie in with this. But yeah, but it had no fucking way. What a lie! That's almost like they really wanted you to buy both. They're like, hey, if you're thinking yeah. about you know just buying Doomsday Clock and not buying Heroes in Crisis, you really need to be both because they're they're related. We promise. They're related by that they put out by the same company. <laughs> what a bold-faced lie. <laughs> Do we want to talk about uh, Doomsday Clock next? Because we already referenced it. Yeah, uh, holy shit. As, as a Superman fan, this was... oh, oh hits, This was a good book. It hits you in the feels, don't it? Oh, this was such a great issue. This is well worth the the, uh, the delays and everything. Because the, that's the thing. The book gets delayed, but each issue was fucking amazing it's true it's like you're mad about it then you read it and you're like all right fair enough yeah this this one might be the most artistic one they've done so far because it's told entirely through the point of view of dr manhattan and it's very similar to the scenes in watchmen with dr manhattan where he's seeing mm -hmm. like all these different uh moments in time at one point we actually see the moment where he came to the dc universe and where he befriended uh uh, 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 Carver Cole, 
who uh, yep. is, of course, the actor who plays Nathaniel Dusk, the detective. And I mentioned before there that Nathaniel Dusk used to actually be a character in DC continuity, but then he got crisis in and out like a bunch of times. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's kind of like the linchpin for Dr. Manhattan. He's like Dr. Manhattan's guinea pig. Yeah. Kinda like because when he comes into this universe, he doesn't know why he's here. He knows he's drawn here for some reason, and he gets here and his powers don't work straight away. But they sort of adjust to the to the universe, and he starts. He uses Carver as a guinea pig by like telling him what his life is going to be like. Because when he meets Carver, he's like homeless and he's he's trying to become an actor and everything. And then he, he tells Carver what's going to happen in the future, and because of that, Carver becomes a big star and everything. Yeah, yeah. He basically lets him play with all the cheat codes turned on. Yeah, yeah, and it, just to see like what would happen, and then eventually Carver dies, um, and he starts hearing about some man lifting a car. And and we find out we're in we're in April eighteenth, nineteen thirty eight, and it's the day Superman arrives. I love the day that. Superman is, is is introduced to the world. I love that panel so much because it's a direct reference to Watchmen, where it's like ah, because this is a different timeline, where instead of the first action comics hitting the shelves, superheroes became real in this world, and people <laughs> read pirate comics instead. Here it's like oh crap. I'm in a world where superheroes were real, but also superhero comics were real too, because I'm in the world of the comic. Yeah, and he, he he realizes that something is different about this person, and that somehow the universe revolves around Superman because he starts going through the crises, the, the infinite crisis, the zero hour, all these different crises, and he realizes that the one constant is Superman. Everything shifts around Superman, and it's always the sort of the same thing. There's little things change, but it all ends up the same with Superman being this beacon of hope for this universe. And what happens is... Now you moved your chair there. I'm like, what the hell is that? Is it thunder? Is it no, 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 that, that was the water pipes in the wall. Oh, okay, good. I'm like, oh, God, what is it? so he ends up moving this the universe around and then he sees that superman is the one thing constant throughout all these different uh rebirths and crises and everything so he decides to remove superman just to see what will happen i i love that's his reasoning it's like man i've never seen a metaverse before nah, i bet i could screw around that i bet i could do better he, he he doesn't just remove superman he removes like other key factors so like alan scott who was kind of the superman of his time Indeed. Uh, he kind of like moves the lantern a little bit so he doesn't become uh green lantern jsa isn't formed because yep. we see when the jsa is formed they're like waiting on superman superman's going to join them and they're all like a cohesive team and everything and he moves that lantern they don't exist anymore mm-hmm time is forever changed to the point where again we get the new 52 where it's like oh here his parents die on prom night and he's sad and distant now and his words are so ringing when he's like finally a superman i can relate to finally a superman like me yeah a superman detached from humanity i'm like oh oh that's gonna piss off a lot of people but i'm glad they said it because that's exactly what that superman was i i do believe uh what the kids say this was jeff johns spitting hot fire (laughs) is what this was at the new 52 era and creative choices and people who are probably his bosses now yeah yeah and he he does that and because of all these changes he's doing, he starts becoming like intoxicated by these changes and being like, Ooh, I like this. I like doing all of this. Um, but 
the metaverse as we learn flights back and seeks to imply that Wally West might be like a physical embodiment of it. Yeah, that like that's why he got lost, or at least he came out long enough to see that Dr. Manhattan was screwing around with the metaverse, but he couldn't do anything to stop him. And it's very funny to see him be essentially given this place of such importance in this book and yet be so horribly buried in another <laughs> book that came out this week. Well, what I hate is that, like, Jeff Johns, like, puts that out there and be like, eh, maybe some writer will do something with that. But the thing is, because of the way things are at DC, no one will get the chance to. No, like, that is a horribly wasted chance. It's such an interesting concept as well. Sure is. The The line of the issue is, of course, when Dr. Manhattan says, you know, I feel like I'm the man of inaction. I never stopped uh, the comedian from killing that girl in Vietnam. I never stopped Adrian, mm -hmm. uh, even after he was given a free pass for destroying half the world. And I never saved my friend uh, Carver from getting killed. I am the man of inaction. Superman is the man of action, and when we meet, he will either destroy me or the metaverse will be destroyed. That that that, that line, that, that's a great callback to another Jeff Johns thing he did in Infinite Crisis where Superman is fighting Superboy Prime, and he tells Superboy Prime he will never be a Superman because despite all the powers, he's a man of inaction, whereas Superman is a man of action. It's bringing those parallels back, you know? Round of applause for Jeff Johns. And again, too, I, I know someone in my comment section said disparagingly. It's like, oh, this is just continuity porn for DC fans. Not a good... What's the problem with that? And I'm like, you're, you're damn right, it's continuity porn. <laughs> Why is that, like, a problem? <laughs> yeah, how, how dare this man pay attention? <laughs> yeah, how dare he? <laughs> and how dare fans who read this also pay attention and, you know, get a deeper meaning of it? <laughs> But yeah, Doomsday Clock, really cool. We're, we're, I guess we're in the home stretch now. Two issues left. They'll be released, as I said in my review, between then and the uh, the heat death of the universe. The inevitable heat. See, that's the thing. You know, the metaverse, our metaverse, will actually end before those two issues come out. <laughs> that's that's what Doctor Manhattan is betting on. Man, I hope that he makes a meta reference where it's like I have you know stretched out every second as long as possible to stop this meeting from happening. Yet it happened all the same. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. No, no, see, we, we planned these delays. <laughs> yeah, it was Dr. Manhattan messing with our timeline. <laughs> I, again, I do have to wonder this concept of the metaverse, which is a really interesting concept that they've laid forward here. Are mm. we going to see other writers pick up on this? Is this going to become the new status quo? Or will this just be this generation's version of hyper time and we're going to forget it in a couple months? I have to think that some writers will, like, I want to believe, like, like Joshua Williamson with his, like, Superman stuff that's coming up and Batman stuff and Flash stuff that he'll do something with it because uh, I know he's in that sort of realm already with the Speed Force and Hyper Time and all that sort of stuff. I'm hoping he will, but, yeah, I don't know. Snyder tends to play ball, but he's also writing his own universe, redefining, rewriting a storyline right now, too, so I don't know. That's going to be the problem with that because that that already has like really far-reaching uh, implications, consequent implications stuff. And then if he adds this in, it's just going to come across like 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 what happened with between Metal and his Justice League. It's like you thought that was the big threat. This is the big threat, and it'll just happen again with 
somehow Perpetua being related to Dr. Manhattan or, or something, something, or Dr. Manhattan manipulating her or something. It's it's such a weird time at DC where we're getting really good stories, but also stories that completely contradict each other in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could fit them together. It wouldn't be fucking, it wouldn't be like perfect, but you could. Mm. And then you got the people who aren't even trying to connect stuff anymore. <laughs> Yeah, like Bendis. <laughs> like Bendis is like, I'm just doing my own thing over here. Or oh, 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 very selective of what he connects. <laughs> very, very selective of what he's doing. But yeah, Doomsday Clock is cool. This was a really good issue. Might be one of the best issues of the series. Like I said, it's the most artistic. Yeah, I, I'm when when they eventually all finish up, I'm probably going to go back and read it because I imagine in trade it's going to read amazingly. No Like doubt. with all of the issues there. No doubt, and especially because like the first five issues feel like 100 years ago. That would, the first issue came out two years ago. God damn. Remember when the Joker was involved in this story and they all went underground and all the villains were yeah, having and, a meeting? Yeah, and, and Lex was shot by a comedian. Remember comedian oh, was part of this story? Oh, and yeah. <laughs> and, then the, and Rorschach, Rorschach went insane because they learned he wasn't the real Rorschach and right. all this sort of stuff. And they mentioned Sanctuary in this book for some stupid reason over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, well, now we know because Sanctuary is still open. Yeah. I guess it's still, maybe this is the reason why the, Dr. Manhattan has to come back and, and stop them from opening Sanctuary. Man, that would be crazy. Jeff Johns just used this his last issue to retcon shit other people wrote. <laughs> That's why he's got to kill Superman. That would be really funny. All right, so what else do we have this week? We had Batman last night on Earth, book one. We did. This is a black label book. Yes, and... As I said in my review, it's a black label book that's out of continuity, but it's also in continuity. That's the craziest thing about it, because Scott Snyder's like, what, did you think I wasn't going to reference a bunch of the stuff I'm doing in Justice League? The the Batman machine I set up in my own run and all this other stuff? What is really cool about it is that it can be read in continuity as like a, this is what happens after Justice League Doom War and like Doom wins and everything. Or it could be read just as an Elseworlds book. Like, you don't have to read it to understand, yeah. like, what's going to happen. Which is the best thing about it. And, you know, it's it's just really yeah. cool. It's, you know, Batman wakes up in an asylum, everyone telling him he's crazy. He's also younger now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we learn that this is all a big simulation because this Bruce isn't actually the real Bruce Wayne. This is a, uh, I guess, a clone from that machine. Yeah has been imprinted with the the original Bruce's uh, memories after that Bruce died during the the Doom takeover. But there must always be a Batman. Yes, and uh, uh, Alfred didn't want him to be Batman, so he locked him in this like AI sanctuary thing. Sure did. I I like to all the names of all the orderlies and doctors. There are references to their actual names. Like Joker is Doctor Redmond Hume Red Hood. Yeah, yeah, that that was pretty cool. The, that was pretty cool. The the, the coach, uh, Doctor Algol. Yeah, yeah, Algol. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Algol, you tried to drown him in the hot tub. You said it was a Lazarus pit. <laughs> I, that's the one thing I really like where like Bruce is trying to like figure out, okay, well, why do I know all these languages? Why do I, you know, you, you, oh, you learned them from this guy who, who you might have, who from Dr. Elliot, who you called Shush or something, or something <laughs> weird. That's right, Shush, because he's a librarian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just yeah, real funny shit. 
Yeah, and eventually he 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 gets his his bat costume, which is like a, uh, a shock therapy bridle and and a stray jacket, and he ends up uh, fighting his way out of the the simulation, which takes him to like this desolate Earth, uh, where he meets uh, a head in the jar Joker. We don't know how Joker got his head in the jar, but his head's in the jar. We do not and know. talks, and also why the head was waiting there for him. And like, can can other people hear the head talk, or can only he hear the head talk? Yeah, and also the head is narrating the book. That's really funny. Also, too, the Joker swears, and it's like that's really the only thing I can see that earns them the black label thing that the Joker head swears she- occasionally. She swears, and I think Wonder Woman swears a little bit right. later on which, when talking about Chapel. Yeah, which really, those are the only things that really justify this needing to be out of continuity. Some dirtier yeah. words. Yeah, there's nothing really, anything out. Maybe there's something in later issues, but yeah, this issue, there there isn't. But yeah, they, they end up getting together, and they end up going to Coast City, which has been utterly destroyed by the Green Lantern power battery, uh, and Mogo's hanging in the sky dead thanks to Brainiac sucking it dry, and with Mogo dead, all of the Green Lantern rings can can go to anyone now, but because they go to anyone, people with low will end up becoming slaves to the ring and create weird Akira babies. I love that weird zombie <laughs> Akira babies that just trample across Coast City, dragging <laughs> dead bodies behind them, and I'm like, oh, that's so yeah. creepy. Yeah, that's so cool, so cool. But yeah, Batman and that are saved by uh, uh, Vixen and Poison Ivy, uh, oh, who are driving around Amazons. in yeah, driving around in an invisible tank, <laughs> um, and they, they take them to Gem World, which is underground and, uh, in this universe. Which is fine because it's an else world. You can change shit around like that. Well, it might be part of Gem World that is underground. That's true. Because I, I, they make an indirect reference to I think Lord Opal's castle or something. Right. Right. Just something Bendis set up in Young Justice. Indeed. I do kind of like um, the idea of Gem World. It's like, nah, it's just underground. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. It's not its own dimension, it's just underground. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they end up meeting Wonder Woman, who's using, because who, magic has died, she's using, like, Naboo's helmet as, like, armor and stuff like that. She's it's really cool. sick-ass mohawk. Yeah, yeah. You know it's and, the um, Road Warrior Apocalypse when everyone gets mohawks. <laughs> Everyone's mohawk or fade haircuts yeah, or something. I like it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, she ends up telling him about what happened, and we learn that like is basically the end of Jeff uh, of uh, Scott Snyder's uh, Justice League run, where where uh, Lex approaches the world and leads them to doom, and because of it. Uh, Everyone seemingly goes insane and kills not just the heroes, but the villains as well. Yeah, they all tear each other apart zombie style. Yeah, and uh, again, a, a villain called the Omega uh, rises and uses the life equation, which kind of reminded me of Deceased. A little bit, yeah. It's funny how we're working that in there, too. It's like, oh, another villain who has the power over the anti-life equation. Funny. Yeah, he uses the anti-life equation to, like, carve up the world and just ruin it and omega came from gotham which leads wonder woman to believe that it had to be someone related to batman one of his sidekicks one of his disciples yeah oh it's rick it, this is what it's been building to it's Ma- rick if it's actually <laughs> rick and he's like yeah when i got shot in the head i decided to become a villain i'll be like oh oh you 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 saucy boy you scott snyder <laughs> Uh, no, it'll, I don't know who it will. It might tie back to Joker somehow. It's going to be like Alfred or someone unexpected. Yeah, Alfred or, or like a, or, or old Bruce Wayne. 
Yeah, that too. I think the old Bruce Wayne thing's a little obvious, but I do like the idea of it being like Alfred or Gordon or someone crazy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a really fun book. You know, I it's it's people were quick to call it, oh, it's old man Logan for but for Batman, but even though he's younger here than he's ever been. <laughs> yeah, he's he's young Batman here. Yeah. But yeah, really, really cool setup. Definitely the perfect thing for Scott Snyder to do because he loves horror and he loves fucked up images and he can really, you know, play with that. Yeah, and this is meant to be his last last Batman book. Yeah, so he says until the next one. <laughs> yeah, he's going to still write him in in, in in Justice League, yeah. but yeah, last Batman for a while. <laughs> until they pay me more money. Until they pay me more money. But yeah, it, it's really cool. It is. It's really grand, damn great. And, and it actually earns the title of Black Label, mm-hmm. unlike all the other stuff. But yeah, that was that was just one of several really good Batman stuff that came out this week. We'll talk about another one later. But let's uh, let's switch over and talk about Marvel this week. I read the finale of uh, Hunted, Amazing Spider-Man number twenty-two. I did as well. Like, god damn it, I didn't see that ending coming but no. my god it was it was a great payoff i didn't see it coming either but i feel like i should have seen it coming because this whole yeah. story has just been echoing the original craven's last hunt and it does it right up until the end here but with a twist <laughs> the, the big takeaway from it is that craven wins craven gets what he wants craven essentially beats spider-man and breaks his curse yeah yeah and uh, really, the issue is just him talking to Spider-Man, you know, getting his, you know, survival of the fittest mentality out there. You know, I had to I had to have you prove to me that you could kill me, so I set up this stuff with the lizard, and now I'm going to kill Billy and Black Cat and everyone else in the park, and you, you have to kill me. So I've set everything up that the only way you can win is by breaking your no-kill rule. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and Spider-Man, Spider-Man doesn't. No, he, he thinks about it. He he, he kind of thinks about it a little bit, but he doesn't. I like it's the Mary Jane thing that's in the back of his head, where it's like, oh no, mm-hmm. I keep having these premonitions of Mary Jane dying if I don't get out of here. So maybe I should do it. And then he's like, no, yeah. no, Craven's tricking you. He's been tricking you since the very beginning. He's cheating. He's you know uh, rigging the game from the get go. I'm gonna beat you. Not on my own. I'm going to beat you by believing in my friends, by believing in Black Cat, by believing in Doc Connors, because, you know, faith in people doesn't make you weak. Being part of a family, being part of a pride, that's what matters. And that obviously reflects in the fact of Craven that he chased away or killed everyone else in his family. Yeah, yeah. His his son killed every other one of his other sons and daughters uh and yeah basically left him with nothing and he only gets that at the very end where he's like oh maybe maybe spider-man was always right and maybe you know that's part of the problem that i kept trying to fight him the same way when i should really be embracing what spider-man is and he puts on the black costume again like he did in craven's last hunt and where does that lead us matt oh that leads us to an amazing part where at the end we see spider-man confronted by craven's son who uh, obviously Craven's son wants to do what his father never could and kill Spider-Man, and he very nearly does, and he beats Spider-Man down, and as we learn, it's not Spider-Man, that's Craven under that mask. Craven swapped places with him because, again, he wanted to die, Spider-Man was the only one that could break his curse, so he became Spider-Man to break his yeah, own curse. The, 
the spider had to kill Craven. Yep, which I love that as a twist, and I love that now. Okay, so we lost old Craven, but we have a younger Craven, his clone son with a different name, who now has even more reason to hate Spider Man than anything because he blames Spider Man for the death of his father. Yeah. And it ends on this great picture of like Craven and all his kids uh, on on um on his coffin. I thought that was really great. It was what a what a great Craven event that Spider Man guest starred in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, this is like a really cool thing that like uh, Spencer's been doing, like especially with those those like one shots where each one was an individual like villain story. He's been building up the villains, building up the villains. Like we know who Spider Man is. Let's let's focus on the villains for a little bit. He did that through like Secret Empire and stuff as well. Indeed he did. It's like I bet I, I think this guy is just uniquely uh, what is it wired to write villains really well. And, <laughs> yeah. And again, all of Hunted, my big complaint is like, okay, that was enjoyable, but man, Spider Man sure sat on his hands a lot. And then here, Spider Man literally gets the job done by sitting on his hands and not having to actually do anything. Yeah, you don't always need to be proactive to be proactive. No, apparently you don't. And yeah, I mean. It's, <laughs> This Spider-Man story was more about Craven, but I ultimately thought it ended very strong. Yeah. But yeah, so that uh, that was Spider-Man. Uh, what else did we have this week? Uh, we had Daredevil issue six. I've not read this yet, but I did uh, flip through it. Yeah, so this picks up uh, about a month after the last issue where uh, Spider-Man threatened uh, Matt Murdock to give up the, the Daredevil costume, and he did. And uh, Matt's He's, he's, his life's never been better. He's got a job as a parole officer now. Interesting. Um, he's he's uh, actually and changed he, jobs a lot is the funny thing. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's got a job as a parole officer now, and uh, he's using his abilities to better his job as a parole officer. Like, um, obviously, as a parole officer, he's got to uh, have his have his parolees do, like, piss tests and whatnot. Yeah. But, like, he doesn't need to because he can tell that, like, this person has just done crack cocaine or, like, this person, you know, that bag of urine in their pocket is, is going to be used for the drug test and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so he uses that. And, and because he, Eddie, he helps them by saying that he, he's been addicted as well because, obviously, he had the painkiller addiction, which surprisingly is absent from this issue. Uh, maybe he kicked like that, it in between. He had time to kill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he says, like, he's been to prison before, so he knows the system is broken, so he, he can help these people. Yeah. So he, he he's uh, living his life like that, and uh, there's a really cool part where he goes to get, like, an old book from this librarian, and he's so used to, like, women, like, being attracted to him. Oh, yeah. He finds this woman uh, who runs the store. She's not attracted to him at all because she's married and everything. <laughs> So he becomes attracted to her because oh, she's she's not attracted to him. So he's kind of giving chase to her, uh, which man, again put a lot of thought into this. Again, might might bring up some drama because she's a married woman. Are they going to start a relationship? Um, meanwhile, Cole North has been um, has done basically nothing um, in those months since uh, street fighting with Daredevil. Um, he's been put on a. He's been put on a case because Wilson Fisk um, now wants the police to capture Spider-Man. Right. Um, so he's been put on that case, but he's like, well, it's Spider-Man. Why sh- can, can I go chase, like, Frank Castle? <laughs> and the captain's like, because the captain's in, in the Fisk's pocket, she's like, no, get the Spider-Man. He's a menace. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so he, he's dealing with that. He's dealing with cops that hate him because he arrested Spider-Man. Uh, and it all comes to a head where a bunch of cops start beating on him because of it. And 
they all are gunned down by the owl's men oh. who who um the owl has decided that he's going to start protecting Cole North because Cole North got rid of Daredevil. Oh, interesting. I, I like so the like, owl as a player in this now. Yeah, yeah, and the the owl is like kind of kind of in the um in the the bookend storylines, which is like this family witness uh, their friend shop get like ransacked by the owl's men for protection money, and this woman Janet. Um, is in the store when it happens and she decides to do something about it, which makes her pick up a pipe and grab a daredevil costume. I saw that as the final page and I'm like, Ooh, are they going to do a thing now with no daredevil? We're going to have like a bunch of copycat daredevils running around trying to fill his shoes. That seeks, that's what it seeks to imply. Cause it's like, usually when you hear stories like this, it's like, Oh yeah, you know, the hero went away, but we quickly got a new replacement. This, this, this sounds like death and return of daredevil. It's like, well, what if we try out several daredevil replacements who all do things differently? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have eradicator daredevil and steel <laughs> daredevil. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Cole North becomes daredevil at one point. That feels like where they're going with that. Granted, Zdarsky has said that's not the case. Cause like I read solicitations from two months now and it's like, Oh, uh, another daredevil is running around, but it's neither daredevil or Cole North. I'm like, Oh, well that's implying that he will put on a daredevil costume at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they set it up so hard. It's like Cole North, he's the exact opposite of Matt Murdock. He believes in enforcing the word of the law down to a letter. He's also a boxer. He also hates Fisk. Yeah, and this issue implies that he has, like, infatuation with Daredevil because it's months after the case and he's still, like, drawing pictures of Daredevil and still, like, focused on Daredevil. Because he beat me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that book is great. Chip Zdarsky is killing it across the board in all of his stuff right now. It's great. The only thing, the only detractor from this issue is the art. It's not Marco Cicchetto. He's, he's yeah. is a fill-in artist for this art and comes across unfinished. That's that's the problem going from Cicchetto to someone else because Cicchetto's stuff is just like, oh, you're making love to my eyes on every page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that dude, that dude's going to be high in demand. Like Zadarsky's already a household name, but this dude's going to be a superstar. I imagine people are going to be fighting over him in the future to be like, yo, draw my thing. Yeah, yeah. He's just that good. It's the little things about the Daredevil costume now, like it's all red, but it's clearly like bandaged up there, like wrestling tape on his arm. Yeah, and it's and and the hell the helmet looks a bit more like the 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 TV show one, and it's got like the piping, and it's, it looks like it's got weight to it and everything. And he and he tucks his pants into his boots now, where he never did before, <laughs> and it's like such a small change. And I'm like, why hasn't he been doing that forever? Because it used to be when you had boots, you did the Wolverine Captain America thing, where your boots are over your pants. You don't tuck them into your pants. Yeah, it makes him look more like a ninja. Makes him look way more like a ninja. And I'm like, it's just these little things. And it's like, from afar, he looks like how Daredevil always looks. It's only when you start looking at all the little changes, I'm like, oh, that's really good. Yeah. It's like when they update Batman's costume every so often, where you look like what it was and where it is now and how they've added all these little things. Mm -hmm. Which is good for Daredevil. He was due to have his costume changed up a bit. Yeah. But yeah, so Daredevil continues to be great. Uh, I read Thor this week, and it was the only War of Realms tie-in that I actually had. I read Thor as well. I've kind of cooled off on the other War of Realms tie-ins, not because they're bad, but because I have too much, and it actually really seems like all the important stuff is happening in the main War of Realms. There is way too many of them. I'm going to review them all. I'm going to do like a week where I just like 
pump out the reviews for them, but yeah, there's so many of them. And like some haven't even come out yet. There's that Gail Simone Iron Man that's coming out soon. Yeah, this week. This week coming. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Thor. This this one is all about Cull the Serpent, Thor's uncle and uh, Odin's brother. Yeah, yeah, the Ballad of Cole Borson. Yeah, who Jason Aaron brought back to be kind of a foil antagonist for Jane when she was Thor, and then he just kind of never went away. He just kind of hung out, and like you kept waiting for the moment, like oh, he's gonna he's gonna betray his brother. He's gonna try and take over Asgard. No, he's just staying loyal the whole time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just just hanging out in the shadows, yeah. watching Thor argue with his father about Jane. Just being super loyal. I loved the flashback as a kid where him and Odin are playing, like, the Viking version of shot for a shot, where it's like, oh, you can pick up any weapon and hit me with it once before I kick your ass. And he's like, oh, no, I, I want no weapon. I'm just going to whisper some horrible shit in your ear because I know all your fears because I'm the god of fear. Yeah, I, I know Odin doesn't love you. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, he was sent on a mission, which they've kind of changed his mission because Aaron made it seem like, oh, yeah, I want you to infiltrate Malachis forces. Now it's like, no, I want you to infiltrate behind enemy lines and destroy the fuel sources for the Bifrost. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's a bit of a change, but I understand because it's like you got enough double agent shit going on with Loki. You don't need to double up on your double agents. Yeah, yeah. And they do imply that, like, no, Malekith totally did try and recruit Colin. Cole actually told him to screw off, interestingly enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, no, I... I well, you, you could kill my brother. It wouldn't, like, solve anything I uh, or buy problems or anything, you know? I could become ruler, but why? Yeah, they. Jason Aaron basically says, yeah, Cole grew a lot in between issues when you weren't paying attention from when he tried to take <laughs> over the world and that failed to dying and being brought back and given the chance to be a villain again but choosing not to. <laughs> and he eventually frees a bunch of Dark Elf children before blowing himself up and the whole mine in like a really super cool, I'll take you with me. Yeah, and, and it inspires these child slaves to, to, to fight in the War of the Realms with with. With Cole's axe and, and calling himself the children of Cole. I do like that. I'm like, oh, see, so in death he became a better god. And also, too, because they're Asgardians, none of them stay dead. He'll just be reincarnated. He's been dead once before. Yeah, you yeah, know, they they, mention, they make mention to that time where he was the uh, the dragon, the serpent. Yeah. So he's like, remember that time? This is like foreshadowing. I do remember that. It's just like, <laughs> man, why, why is any Asgardian afraid of death? He'll just be reincarnated. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. I'll be back as something whenever a writer has something to do with me. Really, really, this was just about ending his story arc is what it is that Aaron had started. Like, well, we need a story here, so let's tell something about Cull. Yeah. Again, none of it is necessary to War of Realms, but it's fine. Yeah. Which I would say is most of these tie-ins. Some are like, you know, that's all right to actually pretty good, but War of Realms tells its story in the War of Realms. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was that one. Uh, I had one more, and that was Detective Comics. I had a couple more, but let's talk about Detective Comics. Let's talk about Detective Comics. Uh, man, what a fun little one-shot. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 they, they, they brought back the uh, the Black Case book. Yes, they did, from the Morrison run, and also a bunch of other books. Year one, year two, A Serious House on Serious Earth. <laughs> Batman has such a great Batman trade collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got all the omnibuses. He's got all of his greatest hits. Ah, <laughs> uh, my favorite subject, myself. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got the return of the Reaper. 
Yeah, the uh, the a villain from from way back when, way back when, from year two, uh, who uh, who Batman uh, thought thought dead, uh, but has returned in Europe, uh, which Batman learns because he uh, now because uh, Batman Incorporated isn't a thing anymore. He has to monitor the world. Yeah, which uh, I thought was for, a nice touch for potential threats. So Andy Fallon finds out about this vigilante in Europe who's going around killing people in Justice's name uh, and decides to uh, head to Europe uh, disguised as Bruce Wayne attending a, a uh, Bilderberg, Bilderberg meeting um, uh, to investigate uh, the Reaper. I like it when Batman goes on vacation to other places and gets out of Gotham. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And I, I like that at, at the start that we've got... um. Uh, Jim there is like, oh, I'm going away for the summer. And it's like, what are you doing, Batman? I'm staying in Gotham. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, you're going to go to go to Europe. You're going to go on vacation. Yeah, man, he ends up going on vacation anyway. Also, too, man, what a great buddy piece for him and Alfred. Alfred basically being his wingman this entire story, helping him solve crimes, helping him set traps for the Reaper. Yeah, acting, using those acting chops of his to act like a junk person. I love that. It's like, why would you ever need a Robin? Alfred can do it all and make you dinner. <laughs> That's uh, super fun, super cool. Uh, the Reaper's got a bit of a redesign there. It looks a lot like the old one, but there's more cape stuff going on. It looks more modern. Yeah, more modern. And um, we lo- we actually learn why that is, because it isn't the original Reaper. It's uh, Judson Caspian's son, Julian, who no one knew about because he was a... Um, uh, he, he was like hidden away like he he left uh left his family when he was a teenager and kind of did the batman thing traveling the world the saw what his the family saw what his father father did and realized his father's scope was very limited Blame uh, batman, was a, like all villains do. yeah it was only limited to gotham so uh he decided to expand his reach and kind of become like reaper incorporated i love that that he's like yeah i was inspired by what you did with batman inc but i'm like i can do it better though so i'm gonna turn the reaper into a supervillain franchise for everywhere in europe <laughs> it's like euro disneyland yeah, yeah and he, he has the reaper prime which is like a uh, a weird android part human part android thing love it that that like Batman has to fight and and uh, Batman vows to like destroy destroy uh, Julian's uh, Reaper Incorporated and that's basically where the story left off. Kind of feels like they were setting up something. It does. This is like, hey, if you like this story, we'll keep telling it, and if you don't, it just still makes for a good annual on its own. I do love this idea where it's like, hey, the Reaper's a cool character and a cool design. Why is he not a bigger Batman villain? Let's make him a bigger Batman villain. Yeah, and also this this book is is like poised to like if they want to bring back Batman Incorporated. Yes. Cuz yeah. like to to fight Reaper Incorporated will bring back Batman Incorporated. Which I always loved Batman Incorporated yeah. as a concept, El Gacho, Night Runner, everything else. Actually, it's funny when this story opened in France and there was a supervillain in France, I'm like, "Hey, Night Runner, get on this." <laughs> what are you He's doing? busy. I guess so. Man, Night Runner would actually be great. Wasn't he he was like a Persian French guy who was also a yeah. Batman who did a bunch of parkour and created by Kyle Higgins. Man, we need one of those books now. Just let's again bring back Batman Incorporated as a book in every issue with someone different. This feels like it's the perfect like launch pad for that. It is. Tomasi can write it. Exactly. Because he clearly likes the Black Case book, and he likes what Morrison was laying down, so why not? Mm. They actually mention Morrison's stuff with Batman R.I.P. and Dr. Hurt. They do. I love that. I'm like, yeah, it's all in continuity. 
<laughs> and before people are like, well, doesn't that not gel with everything else? This talk of year two, talk of Morrison, talk of everything. The answer is continuity is a joke. Just enjoy it when they mention things you like. Yeah, creativity over continuity, people. It's, it's back and better than ever. <laughs> but only when Tomasi does it. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that was the last book I read before we did the show, and I thought it was right. really good. Awesome. I had three three more books. I had um, I had the the Superman the Life and Rising special. I forgot this came out. Actually, this was at the bottom <laughs> of my pile. Like, oh crap! This was this week. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna need to read this. Um, so this was like the the big big sort of primer for the the event leviathan it was written by uh bendis matt fraction greg rucker and i think that's it i, I don't think there is a third writer killer's row of talent yeah and they they all got like their their each little bit that it's going to springboard off into like the jimmy book and the, the lowest book and everything so um yeah we see we see clark he's um well first we pick up with leone the the woman who runs the invisible mafia and um, she is met by Leviathan, this guy who's wearing like a hologram face that's changing his face constantly. Um, he comes to her because he asks, like, how how do you operate without Superman knowing? And it's actually quite a really cool reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says she says like, well, I'm not trying to get his attention. I'm. She she compares it to like having the love of her father. It's like, I had the love of my father when most of these people didn't. So I'm not looking for attention. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the big grandstanding villain who, who has to be known by Superman. Um, I I like that reason. (laughs) And uh, that, that's why I'm able to succeed. I also don't say stuff like kryptonite, Lois, Clark, Superman, all these, (laughs) all these trigger words because he could be listening (laughs) at any time. Yeah. And, um, uh, Leviathan's like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to kind of do that, but I'm going to go kidnap Clark Kent. <laughs> and she's like, don't do that. Don't do that. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and he does it. And he does it. And uh, Clark, Clark at this point is fighting Mongol. I like how uh, Bendis is using Mongol as like Superman's whipping boy. <laughs> in everything. He just he yeah. beats him up in Naomi. He beats him up in everything. Yeah. Um, and Clark sees these people waiting to capture Clark Kent. And he's like, he goes and sees Lois and he's like, Hey, maybe I'll let these guys capture me. There'll be a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he let, lets, lets it happen. And, uh, and, Cl- and Lois warns him, don't, don't act while you're being captured. Don't act. Like, Clark can't help it. Cause he gets like stunned by like this bat. And of course it doesn't do anything as Superman, but he's like, Oh, on the floor seizuring and everything. <laughs> uh, and as we find out, he's been captured by Talia Al Ghul. Oh, she's um, in the story now. Yes, um, and in a very interesting way, and she's captured him to um, draw out Superman because she knows that like they've worked together, like Clark's written stories about him and stuff like that. She doesn't know it's Clark, and, and Clark actually does this really cool thing because when they capture him, they take off his glasses and most of his clothes, <laughs> um, and he says, can I have my glasses back? I get migraines. So <laughs> she, he wants the glasses back because they change his face shape. And, there you go. And and she she there's a moment where she actually like looks at him like wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> but then it's like ah oh, whatever um, so like he's he's left at the mercy of a kryptonite like thing that's like put on, on him to draw Superman to them and then Superman will be weakened but they obviously don't know he's Superman so right, right. 
Yeah, um, so it's up to Lois to save him, and Lois panics and presses presses the panic button, which is um, this bell that rings for Superman, uh, rings for Batman and Wonder Woman, and oh. Batman Batman says that like if she rings this bell, she can't unring it because like Superman could just be like out of communication for a little bit, and he could come back, and if we do this, you can't use this again. This is like a one time thing. <laughs> But Lois like knows her husband, so like she knows he's he's lost somewhere, and they plan on bringing in the league and going to look for him. But she's like, can't do that, because they took Clark Kent. We can't go looking for Superman. We have to go looking for Clark Kent. So they need to be very careful about how they do this. That's nice that they're worried about protecting his secret identity. It feels like stories don't do that as much anymore, protecting yeah. secret identities. Yeah, yeah. So um. While while that happens, uh, Jimmy is in Gorilla City. He's he's oh. on a worldwide worldwide tour of his of his new photography book, um, and he's somehow married a woman, <laughs> who, uh, as it's revealed, is kind of like a multiversal Catwoman, <laughs> like yeah. like Selena Kyle Catwoman. Oh, oh um, the shenanigans Jimmy gets up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we find out that she married him only because she needed to get in there and like steal some jewels that apparently like were stolen from her family generations ago. Um, she takes off and she leaves him a surprise in the bathroom, and that surprise is the cat. The cat turns out to be Dexter. Oh shit! They're working Dexter into this. <laughs> yeah, and he vomits everywhere, vomits the blood everywhere, all over the room. Um, so Jimmy's like, "Okay, I've got no money, no clothes, or anything. How am I going to get out of Gorilla City without them like getting mad at me?" So he just makes a dash for the door and realizing his communicator watch is going off with like kryptonite warnings because oh. Superman's affected by kryptonite. He realizes he has to go and try and save Superman with Dexter. <laughs> and that's going to be the Jimmy Olsen book from Matt Fraction. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, which already sounds one, like a good pitch. The lowest one is him going to, is her going to try and find, find Clark, uh, which we, we kind of get the end of in this issue because the book comes to a close with, um, them actually finding Clark. Uh, it's Lois dressed as Talia, um, Firestorm, Dexter, and Jimmy, who's like all roided up. Um, and and uh, they end up capturing him and going after. They go after um, Talia, and as we learn, Talia is actually working with Leviathan, like the, that weird, creepy guy with the mask. Right, right. Uh, who who uh, frees? He frees. Um, Freeze Clark from the kryptonite, but leaves him bound in like wherever he is. Um, but she's she's working with him, and he wasn't. He's not happy that she captured Clark because he wanted to do it a different way. So she kind of betrayed him, and because of that, she must die. Mm -hmm. So she she's get thrown from like the the air blimp thing, and Superman saves her, but she won't reveal who Leviathan is to him because she knows. Right. Right. I, uh, I heard a very interesting theory on who Leviathan might be. I'm sure it's all bullshit, but it was very interesting. Who's that? Apparently on his costume, he's got, like, little red arrows. <laughs> he's got a couple... He's got a couple little red arrows, and he's got a really big, angry boner against Green Arrow. Does he? Well, yeah, because, uh, what is there? He, he didn't bother recruiting him. He tried to recruit Batgirl, but he left well, him behind. I... I could, I could see that as 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 it being he it knows who Oliver Queen is and like Oliver's not going to join this thing like this is Oliver the most liberal hero ever he's not going to join this that's true although they do make a point of like in all the artwork for Event Leviathan saying that Green Arrow will be 
a character and there's like little blurbs that are clearly written from the perspective of Leviathan guy and like he really lays into Green Arrow in his and I'm like oh huh but that that kind of goes against like their relationship in the Green Arrow book which was pretty good like until like he he just fucking up and died it would be weird to see him blame Green Arrow but not blame Wally when their relationship was good and also wouldn't that be bullshit to kill him and then just bring him back as a villain yeah, yeah, and maybe the and the timing doesn't really seem to work out because this no. event was being built up as just as Heroes in Crisis was beginning. Yeah. Like it could, but yeah, it would be a real like something pulled out of your ass. I, I didn't think it was, but the person who put this theory out there on Twitter and they're like, oh, and Red Hood might already be a member of Leviathan, and obviously him and Roy go way back. And I'm like that doesn't sound right but you make a compelling argument <laughs> <laughs> i really hope it's not i really i just hope it's just like a just just a, some a, guy a new character yeah yeah just some guy it's gonna be auto nets again <laughs> but yeah so that sounds fun yeah yeah it's cool as well because they they continue that thing on from the last action comics where it was all like uh investigative reporting because the end part of this issue was like clark obviously got his story and he's like starting to write it out while lois is there helping him with her leviathan stuff so yeah Yeah. it's pretty cool yeah definitely definitely sounds more interesting than what's going on in the main superman book at the moment (laughs) yeah i don't know what's going on there (laughs) i'll happily take this but you you had two more lightning round for those last two yeah, yeah, I had uh, the the most recent issue of Wonder Twins issue four, right? Five? Yeah, four. You've sold me uh, on this. I'm waiting for it to be done, but you've sold me on it. So two two more issues, two more issues. Uh, this issue is like the 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 classic like teen dating issue, uh, where uh, Zan and Jaina both get uh, dates. Uh, Zan gets with this girl from school after he brings his monkey Gleek to school, and she's interested in that. Um, Girls love monkeys. Also, they worked Gleek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gleek, who has a really tragic backstory. Really. <laughs> yeah like last issue we find out that he was like a um an abused like circus monkey made to like ride tricycles through flaming hoots but he was saved by like the bearded woman who like fedexed him away (laughs) um stuff like that um but he put his skills to good good use to save the the wonder twins and everything um but yeah this issue uh jana meets with a guy named red uh who looks very much like roy harper yeah. And I'm convinced he's meant to be Roy Harper. I saw that image. You think he's got the hat on and everything, and he looks like a total toolbox. Yeah, I know the one. I am convinced it was meant to be Roy Harper, That's but they couldn't. They even though it. this book is is like in continuity? But question not. mark. It's a comedy. Um, it gets the comedy pack. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the whole crux of this story is the 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 Wonder Twins get the night off because, as Superman puts it, the the Legion of Doom uh, annual villain mixer <laughs> is that night. So like they take the night off, so the heroes uh, shut down the Hall of Justice and it allows like Superman and all that to deal with the more cosmic threats. I love that. That's a thing. <laughs> annual villain mixer. No, I mean, yeah. come on. We all get the night off. That's like some Venture Brothers shit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same. Uh, and uh, Red, as it turns out, is a villain called oh. Red Flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this date, it's a red flag, you get it? <laughs> um, and he invites um, Jaina to this mixer, which she doesn't realize is a villain mixer. Um, and she, we get this amazing, like, 
spread of like the mixer and you see like professor pig in the background killing like a green lantern villain <laughs> like just, just casually stabbing him in the guts and like a scarecrow testing out his new f- kiwi flavored fear toxin and uh, all these really cool things and yeah they end up going to that and she starts wondering like like oh maybe this guy isn't so good he he, he berated he berated our waitress for like 30 minutes and <laughs> red flag, red <laughs> flag. yeah um meanwhile zahn is being like the total like clueless guy he is takes his takes his uh date to the movies where she sees her ex-boyfriend and ends up getting together with her ex-boyfriend again he's like i don't care i'm 17 i'm gonna have heaps of relationships this is just like a one-off <laughs> but i'm like oh wow that's surprisingly like mature of you <laughs> yeah the, 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 the what is it the butt monkey of the series actually has some poignant shit to say yeah yeah and um <laughs> the book the book ends with like um them sort of realizing like oh we don't need to be dating and <laughs> jada gets rid of red flag in the best way possible which is he like distracts her he's like look over there there's a single mum yeah. and he's like what a single mum she <laughs> stealing our welfare and that's everything funny. That's <laughs> and then funny. escapes from him that was the panel you put and even out of context <laughs> that's pretty funny now that you tell me he's a super villain called red flag on a bad date that's even funnier <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, it's such a damn good book, and it's great because it's got like this, like the the core of it is like an actual message. Whereas in this one, it was like good and bad, and like nothing's ever black and white, yeah. sort of thing. And like the, the like date teen dating and everything is like it's it's surprisingly relevant. Mark Russell is shockingly smart, and you can tell that he's an actual like real satirist in the way he yeah, does these things. Yeah. Like, like I know on the internet people throw around the word satire way too often, but yeah, it's an actual satire, be it what he did for Prez, The Lone Ranger, Flintstones, and now this. Yeah, he, he and as well, he's doing it in a way where it's not like um, in your face. Mm. It's very subtle where it doesn't like like ruin the book where it's like, okay, we get what you're talking about move on he's, it just happens and it just like moves on straight away he's only gotten more subtle like again uh, i read his lone ranger book and that was all about like land grabs in the united states <laughs> and like it takes so long for it to be like oh this is what he's actually talking about okay yeah 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 but yeah that's great i i will have to check out that. i'm definitely going to do a story so far on that book because that sounds totally like my jam so damn good they they better give him a second run they yeah. better or, or at least give him like more characters to do this with hey let him write green arrow as a political satirist yes. I think he would be really yes. good at the helm of a green arrow book especially because that one's been really serious let's do a green arrow book that's more kind of a weird quirky that, comedy superhero that's the thing he hasn't like to my knowledge hasn't had like a main like comic book he's yeah. always done like like prayers or like wonder twins which is like like an outside brand yeah. of like a main brand like yeah give him like 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 that gig hell give him batman i mean i guess flintstones arguably was because it was one of the flagship mm. books of that weird like Hanna barbera experiment but it's a big difference between having flintstones and having batman yeah yeah that's funny. I think his Flintstones book was the only thing he wrote that I actually didn't enjoy because I thought it was actually a little too dense for the joke. <laughs> where it's like, you know, he's, he's taking the obvious thing that even Flintstones did where the joke is, hey, people in Stone Age times did stuff that's not unlike what we do now. But I felt like it was a little too erudite and a little too wordy. <laughs> but it was like people enjoyed it. I think it was like one of the longest lasting of those Hanna-Barbera books. And I think it was nominated for an Eisner. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I think it won a bunch of bunch of awards. 
and it had people talking about Flintstones again for a minute, so yeah. I think you must have been doing something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said you had one more? Yeah, I had one more. I had Star Wars issue 108. Oh, yeah. That, I am so... I got so far behind it. Now you told me it's been running for that, 100 issues. No, 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 no. This is the 108th issue of the original Star Wars run from Marvel. This is this is a one 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 off one off uh, issue they did uh, to continue that that original run and oh, kind of like, like the finish. Green Rabbit shit. Yeah, yeah, uh, the original Marvel run. It's under the Legends uh, banner. Cool. Uh, it's uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg. Nice, um, love him. And yeah, it's it's a continuation from that from issue one hundred and seven continuation, which is we pick up with the the most feared bounty hunter in the world, uh, in the universe, not. Not Boba Fett. This other guy called Valance, who uh, we kind of get like his backstory, and he was like a, a clone trooper, or not a clone trooper, like a trooper during the Clone Wars, and uh, he ended up fighting through all the stuff. But then he got wounded in like a, a bombing run by an X-wing, and uh, ended up becoming like half cyborg, and got into all these like fights. He, he fought Darth Vader, and uh, he was Star assumed, Wars. He was assumed dead, but then after a series of events pictured in this book where uh his, his remains are found he, he is brought online and <laughs> like just goes insane because he becomes more and more um robotic and kind of loses his, his humanity and and the book is about him just going insane and it's really quite interesting because the book goes from like like the where the original run was set which is like between the episodes mm -hmm. All the way to like the New Republic. Oh, really? Like it's, it spans decades, huh. and uh, it's a long book. It's like 40, 50 issues, and it spans like him coming back, and he, he comes back. He looks like like Metallo or the Terminator. I see that picture go, now. And he just goes insane and just like kills everyone, and the the rebels have to stop him and everything. And it's just 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 fun. It's just great. That, like, like, like Marvel decided to do this. I don't know why they decided to do it. It's, it's like, really strange. It's like, don't you have enough official Star Wars stuff to do? Yeah, but we could do this as well. You know what it is? I bet Rosenberg was a fan of the old stuff, and I bet he had a pitch. Yeah, yeah. It, but I'm just glad they got, like, that one issue to do it. And I think they even got back, like, I think, like, Walt Simonson, who was, like, oh. I think he was the original artist, like, did, like, some of the covers and stuff. And, oh, holy shit. Yeah, it is so cool. That's impressive. It is so cool. So cool that they got to do this. That that does sound like my jam, and that sounds like something that even if you weren't really keeping up with all the Star Wars stuff, you could easily read this. Oh yeah, definitely. And as well, like I think recently they even just put out like all of the old Marvel mm. uh, comics in like a big omnibus or like a bunch of trades. So like, yeah, it's perfect. That probably helped too to get all that together yeah. and at the same time. Yeah, and, and it probably it probably like um, appeals to those people who aren't who who like the legends like like those real those people who aren't too fond of the new the new stuff oh they're out there and they'll tell you about it <laughs> oh yeah they will those those fans are like the vegans of uh the geek <laughs> scene how do you how, how do you know you're dealing with a certain type of star wars fan they'll tell you oh oh they'll tell you all right how, how do you know your friend is vegan he'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah t take that vegan fan base <laughs> I don't know if anyone listens to the show with vegan. If you are, tell me all about it. I don't think I've ever actually met a vegan. I'm, I'm sure. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing. They would have told us by now. They so would have told us by now, exactly. So I don't think there are any. So I don't think there are any. But yo, my, 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 my keto bros, what's up? 
Uh, so I guess that's it then, Matt. That's everything. Yeah, 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 that is everything. Alrighty then. So I guess we'll start winding the show down. Uh, ooh, I'm probably going to be mentioning this a lot over the next month or so until it comes. Uh, if you are in the Vancouver, British Columbia area, July 5th to the 8th, I will be in Vancouver for the first ever Geektopia Comic Con. Uh, it's actually been announced what my panel will be. Uh, it'll be about getting into YouTube and about my life as a YouTuber and everything. So if you want all the all the spicy behind the scenes secrets, you gotta come, gotta come there, or you know, watch the video when I inevitably re-upload it later. Because <laughs> it's part of my reel. I need a reel for other cons to be like, "Yo, bring me out. I do this thing." <laughs> It's a showreel. Yeah, it's a showreel, exactly, which means I'll have to write it, too, and also I'll need to find an interesting way to say, how do you get in YouTube? How do you get uh, successful? It's a fucking crapshoot. It's all luck. <laughs> be, be where I was five years ago. <laughs> That's the thing. It's harder now than ever, actually, to make money on YouTube. YouTube makes it a little harder every year. <laughs> I'm sure, what is it, five years from now, you'll have to actually run a gauntlet with a bunch of hungry dogs before you even get to upload. <laughs> Which will make you want it more, but uh, yes, uh, check that out. Also, uh, thank you to the patrons who, you know, make this show possible, keep the lights on, allow me to pay Matt, allow me to upload the show uh, in audio format to iTunes and SoundCloud, where you can get it uh, usually a day after it airs here on YouTube, so Thursdays. Uh, that's always a big deal. Uh, thank you for everyone who likes, subscribes, and comments. That helps drive engagement and makes it so more people find the show. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you have anything to promote? Uh, remote promote? <laughs> <laughs> Not at this moment. We we are coming into con season here very soon, so I imagine I'll be promoting them very soon. One of these days, I got to go to Australia. Or you got to come here. Yeah, yeah, our cons out here are pretty cool. Yeah, from what I pretty understand. Cool. They're a lot smaller, mm. but as well, they don't feel very small. They're more intimate, I get that feeling. I, I would also just like to visit Australia to say I did. You live in an interesting place with interesting <laughs> stuff. See the Sydney Opera House that's in every movie. <laughs> even, even movies that don't have it. Even movies that don't have it. I was going to say, do you, uh, do you guys have Nando's there, or is that just a UK thing? We have Nando's here. I can get a cheeky Nando's in Australia then. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, everyone, will start winding the show down. Uh, thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. And Matt and myself will be back next time. Same day, same time. Yeah. See you, everyone. Bye-bye.